Welcome everybody to today's episode of the Jadava Show. I am your host Jacob Valier. We are live on a Friday. Glad to have you with us right before the weekend that will have week four of NFL action. We will have games two and three of the NBA Finals between Los Angeles and Miami. Uh, so that is very exciting and the MLB postseason will continue. We've already had a few teams advance in the MLB postseason, which is a lot of fun uh, to obviously have that. Uh, I wanted to start with this. Um, the game last night, Jets and Broncos, uh, this is the power of the NFL. This was a game last night between two teams that came, came into the game with 0-6 records, Denver 0-3, Jets 0-3, uh, with no clear answers. Not Neither of these teams will be competitive the rest of the season, or at least Denver won't be as long as Drew Locke is out. Um, so this will be these will be two very bad football teams at the end of the year, um, and the New York Jets are you know on a one way trip to complete and utter misery as long as they have Adam Gase employed as their head coach, and Denver may not be long to have Vic Fangio as their head coach either. Uh, we've seen the way that he has handled clock management through uh, the first twenty games of his NFL head coaching career. This is the power of the NFL, though. I was glued to the TV. I didn't miss a single play of Jets-Broncos because it's the NFL. If it were the two worst NBA teams going head-to-head or the two worst MLB teams, nobody would watch. That would get terrible ratings. But why do we watch Jets-Broncos, the two of the worst teams in the NFL playing on a Thursday night, on a school night, on a work night, whatever? Why do we watch that? Why does Thursday night football between two horrible teams get great ratings? Because it's the NFL. The power of the NFL is always there. We watched Sam Darnold duel it out with Brett Rippon. Brett Rippon making his first NFL start and Sam Darnold making his 30th. But Sam Darnold now, after last night, is now 11-19 as a starter. He doesn't win. Okay, and the Jets have almost no receivers. They have a horrible offensive line and no running back outside of 50-year-old Frank Gore, and their defense stinks. So why are we so interested? It's the NFL, baby. The NFL is king over everything. Fantasy football contributes to that. How many people had fantasy football players go between New York and Denver last night? I did. I had Melvin Gordon last night. He had 107 yards and two touchdowns, including a 40-yarder. Of course I was watching. I watched till the very end when the Broncos were up nine with under a minute to go in the game. Of course. Why not? Anything can happen in the NFL in the last minute. Especially between two bad teams. I was glued. I, I couldn't stop watching last night. It was great. Uh, both teams are going nowhere fast. The Jets are 0-4, and they look like the worst team in the NFL. Look, I've been critical on Sam Darnold. Okay, he's been in the league now for three years. He has started 30 games. He actually got banged up a little bit, and back from the dead, Joe Flacco came in and took a couple of snaps with the Jets' offense. So I was, you know, I've been hard on Darnold. You know, he's 11 and 19, 39 touchdowns, 32 picks. He gets sacked a lot. He holds on to the ball. He's a little bit inaccurate. I just don't, I don't look at Sam Darnold and see a you know, a franchise quarterback. I see a starting quarterback, but I don't see a guy who's top 20 in this league. Sam Darnold through four games is averaging 5.7 yards a attempt, 
9.7 yards of completion and has a 71 passer rating with more interceptions than touchdowns. Oh, and he's 0-4. 59.4 completion percentage. His career completion percentage is at 59.8. He started 30 games. That's enough time to get Sam Darnold, you know, developed. He's had two different head coaches in three years, both of whom I don't think are NFL head coaches, Todd Bowles and especially Adam Gase. It's been rough. It's been brutal. But last night, watching last night, that was not his fault. That was not his fault. New, look, New York has nobody to run the football. Their running backs last night were Frank Gore, who's 37, and some guy named LaMichael Pirine. Their receivers last night were Jamison Crowder, who was a pretty good but not great slot receiver, and then some people named Chris Hogan, Chris Herndon, Jeff Smith, and Lawrence Cager. Those were the guys Sam Darnold was throwing the ball to. Chris Hogan, remember, he was great with the Patriots, but he's now a 33-year-old backup slot receiver. You can't depend on him. The dude threw three, four games as 11 catches for 98 yards. He doesn't have the same juice. He's been targeted 23 times. He's only caught 11 of them. That's not good for a slot receiver. It's not Sam Darnold's fault. That team is, was watching last night six per, personal foul calls against the Jets' defense last night. And just a bevy of penalties and all. The Jets had 11 penalties and 118 penalty yards last night and were just flat-out outplayed in almost every way by the Broncos. And the Broncos are a bad football team. The Jets, the Broncos' offensive line didn't let their second-year quarterback making his first NFL start get sacked at all. Sam Darnold got sacked six times. One of them had to take him out of the game for five or six plays because it looked like he might have broken his collarbone. Okay, the, the Jets had no sense of a running game outside of Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold had six carries for 84 yards and a touchdown yesterday. Outside of Darnold, nobody's running the ball well for New York. Gore and Pirine combined for 18 carries for 45 yards. That's not going to get it done. 11 penalties. The Jets were 8 for 19 on third down. They had 19 third downs. They were 0 for 2 on fourth down. They not they got out time of possession by four minutes. They just don't do the fundamentals right. They're an undisciplined defense led by Greg Williams. They are an, a completely dysfunctional offense with Adam Gase. And Sam Darnold himself is not great. Sam Darnold, I think, is, you know, he's okay. I don't think he's very good. I think he's a bottom five starter in the NFL. With that offensive line, with those banged up receivers, the turf at MetLife Stadium is brutal, by the way. You see, in three straight weeks, guys just getting hurt at MetLife. And look, the Giants and Jets are combined to go 0-7 to start the year. That's not very good. A lot of that has to do with injuries, and a lot of the injuries have to do with MetLife Stadium. And I thought FedEx Field was the worst field in the NFL. So it's... Look, I never like seeing teams lose. I like seeing... You know, I don't like seeing bad teams lose. When bad teams are bad, I like them to be a little bit better so that, you know, everybody gets a chance to be good in the NFL. But boy, is it fun watching the Jets stink because that is just the most poorly run franchise I have ever seen. You know, 
outside of Washington. You know, I see Washington because I live it. So maybe I'm overreacting to how dysfunctional the Redskins uh, or the Washington football team really is. But the Jets just, they just can't figure it out. They haven't won a Super Bowl in well over 50 years. It's been that way for so long. They've been a laughing stock for so long outside of a few years with Bill Parcells and Rex Ryan. They've had no head coach. Even the years that they had Rex Ryan, he wasn't very good. He went to the AFC Championship game twice. All the other years, the Jets were terrible. They haven't had a real quarterback since Joe Namath. And I'm including Sam Darnold in that because Sam Darnold's career statistics, oh, 11 and 19, 59 completion percentage, 39 touchdowns, 32 interceptions, uh, career passer rating of, what is it? This year it's 71. Yeah, career passer rating of 80. Yeah, they still don't have a quarterback. And Sam Darnold's 23 years old. He could totally turn it around. But do we have any faith in him? Do we have any faith that the Jets will put something around him? Watching last night reminded me of Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson, three other quarterbacks taking, taken in the first round of Sam Darnold's draft. And look what those teams have done. Even the Browns, who are dysfunctional. Baker Mayfield got Odell Beckham, he got Jarvis Landry, he got Nick Chubb, he got Kareem Hunt. That offensive line is improving every year. Oh, and they've been getting better coaching than, you know, Kevin Stefanski's much better coach than Adam Gase. And they've got real pieces on defense. Baker Mayfield's been... You know, they've given him stuff. And then Josh Allen, you know, he's on, he's in Buffalo, one of the best coach teams in the league. They've got Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley and Devin Singletary and that offensive line. And, oh, my gosh, they have a top-five defense. And the, the Bills are 3-0. and Oh, and then Lamar Jackson. He just happens to be last year's MVP and the winningest quarterback since the start of last year because they've given him everything, including a Super Bowl-winning coach and John Harbaugh. Hmm. They've given everybody everything. Sam Darnold in three years has had no offensive line, has had no good receivers outside of maybe Jamison Crowder, no good running backs. Le'Veon Bell has been a total free agent bust. And they've had first-round pick after first-round pick on defense, but they just keep leaving. Look at Jamal Adams. And they've never given him a good coaching staff. That's Sam Darnold. And they're, they are very close to ruining him forever. It's hard to... It's, it's just... That's it's tough luck. The the Jets are very close to just flat out ruining Sam Darnold. He can't win with that team. His confidence is shattered. You saw the Monday night clip from a year ago where he said he was seeing ghosts when facing the New England defense. They're ruining him. How do you let that get out to the public? Oh, I was seeing ghosts. Really? How do you let that happen? Uh, you know, it's it's rare. You see a lot of teams ruin young quarterbacks. I've never seen it the way the Jets have flat-out ruined Sam Darnold. It's almost, you know, cruel and inhumane to see what they've done to him. So, anyway, that was Jets-Broncos. Like I said, the power of the NFL. It just make, You just watch horrible games like that. Last week we sat on our butts in front of the TV and watched the Dolphins and the Jaguars, and this week we watched the Jets and the Broncos. It's, it, next week it gets better. Nick Foles versus Tom Brady, Tampa Bay versus Chicago. Teams that right now have a combined 5-1 and one record. That'll be a fun game. Okay, so it, it gets better. Okay, the Thursday night schedule gets better than the last two weeks have given us, but we still watched. We still gave the NFL Network and Fox great ratings for watching those shows, watching those games. It's the power of the NFL.
the power of the NFL is we just sit and we just watch crap. And we'll do it all season long. I think the Giants and the Eagles play each other on primetime television uh, this year at some point. I don't know. Uh, we're going to sit and watch that. We're going to be glued to the TVs. Wow. So, anyway, uh, let's talk about the NBA. Speaking of ratings, there were reports that came out that the NBA Finals, this will also prove how the NFL is still king. The NBA Finals Game 1, Lakers and Heat, was the least-watched Finals game in recorded history, plummeting 44% off last year's terrible ratings when it was the Warriors and the Raptors, down 58% off the last time LeBron James was in the Finals two years ago. Wow. So, the ratings and viewership... From Game 1 of the 2020 Finals to Game 1 of the 2019 Finals, down almost 50%. And there's no fans there, which means the fans that would have been there would theoretically be on their couch watching the NBA. Now, I don't think, you know, and I'm seeing people saying, oh, get woke, go broke, you know, the, the, the NBA's movement to, you know, be more political. It's not that at all. The reason the, nobody's been watching the finals is not because of politics. It's because how many options do we have? We've got the MLB postseason. We've got we're we're getting into the second quarter of the NFL regular season where things start to heat up. It's, it's late September, early October. People have options. The NBA finals used to be king because back when it used to be late May, early June, it was only competing with the Stanley Cup. Now it's competing with the NFL, it's competing with college football, it's competing with the with baseball playoffs, which people generally probably enjoy the format of baseball playoffs better than the NBA. The NBA gets all the press. Look, the NBA's always talked, everyone always talks about the NBA on, on the talk shows on ESPN and, and Fox Sports. But that's not really, I mean, people would probably rather them talk about baseball than basketball. But the, but the media basically controls what you listen, what you watch. The ratings don't lie. People aren't as into the NBA as they used to be. And as much as I root for LeBron James and as much as I love LeBron James, there are people that sort of give him the Tom Brady effect. Oh, LeBron's back in the finals? Eh. Don't really want to fit. I'd, I'd rather see two new teams in the finals. If the Nuggets were playing the Heat in the finals, I guarantee you everybody would be watching. <laughs> or at least more people would be watching. At least it's interesting. Will Jimmy Butler win his first title? Or will Jamal Murray and Nikolai Jokic win his first title? Or will LeBron win his fourth title in his tenth attempt? Yeah, that's what people are saying. It's not, nothing to do with politics. Uh, you know, when the NBA bubble came on back in late July, everybody was watching because it was early baseball regular season and the NFL hadn't started yet and hockey is is hockey. But everybody was watching the NBA. It's just once they had more competition and once it was down to the finals, it's going to be game two of the NBA finals and nobody cares. The ratings are down. And I watched that game. It was a blowout. The Lakers were killing them. The Lakers at one point were up by 30 in the NBA Finals on the Miami Heat. And the Heat are a good team. It's a mismatch. The Lakers are clearly better than the Heat. You saw that game, Anthony Davis. No one could. Bam Adebayo 
And Goran Dragic, when they could, when they did play, they couldn't guard Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is going to be open right under the basket this entire series, and LeBron James is going to. They're going to ease off on their defense of LeBron, so those two guys are going to dominate. I always said when you when you uh, evaluate an NBA Finals, you have to look at the top ten players, but you really zero in on the top two players. If one of the players is on one team and the other of the top two is on another team, you got a series. But if two of the top two players are on the same team, you don't have a series. LeBron and Anthony Davis are the two best players in this series. It's not even close. So that means the best player on the Heat is not as good as the Lakers' two best players. That That's a recipe for failure. I don't care how good the Heat have it with Jimmy Butler and Adebayo and Dragic and Tyler Hero. Those guys aren't as good as LeBron and AD. I'm sorry. Those guys, those are the two best in the league right in the in the series right now, and they're the best tandem, the best duo in the NBA. They're gonna win this finals. Spoiler alert, just like when Golden State was going to the finals five straight years. You knew they were gonna win it. And if they didn't, it was gonna be, you know, a pretty competitive series. You know, and the once and last year when when the Warriors lost to the Raptors, everybody was hurt. KD was hurt. Steph Curry was hurt. Clay Thompson was hurt. Draymond Green wasn't really playing well. There wasn't much reason to watch the finals last year. There's not a lot of reason to watch the finals this year. Too much competition, and you probably already know that the Lakers are going to win it. And nobody wants to see the Lakers win it. Nobody wants to see the Cowboys or the Patriots or even the Steelers win the Super Bowl. No. People want to see teams like, I don't know, the Bills win the Super Bowl. People would get behind a Buffalo Super Bowl. People in baseball, they want to see the Padres win the World Series. They don't want to see the Yankees. They don't want to see the Astros or the Dodgers. Those teams are always in it at the end of the year. No one wants to see the Red Sox win it when they're in it. People want to see the Nationals win the World Series. In the NBA Finals, people want to see the Denver Nuggets win the Finals or the Miami Heat win the Finals. They don't want to see the Lakers. They don't want to see the Warriors win the Finals. That's just how... People watch sports. So people don't want to watch the NBA Finals because they don't want to see the Lakers win their, like, 50th title. It's boring. I get it. People don't want to watch people. If the Yankees make the World Series, you really think people are really going to be invested? People don't want to watch the Yankees win their 100th World Series. They've seen that act before. So, listen, it's, yeah, I get it. People don't want to watch the NBA Finals. Ratings are down 44% compared to last year, and last year's finals ratings are terrible. But they'll still talk about it. It'll still get talked about more than baseball. That'll happen. All right, so it is time for my week four picks. I like them a lot. Uh, I am excited about this week's games. As a Washington football fan, I am not as excited for that game. Uh, but for all other games, I am excited. Uh, so here we go. Uh, week four predictions around the NFL. I am leaving out the Titans and the Steelers. That game has been postponed due to a few players contracting COVID-19. Uh, and the cases keep rising. Who knows if Tennessee will be able to play Buffalo uh, next week. All right. So first off, Colts and Bears. I don't know how you pick against Chicago here. The Colts are a road favorite by two points to beat Nick Foles and the Bears, but Nick Foles just has a weird magic about him. Part of me wants the thinks the Colts will win, but part of me just 
has to believe in the Bears right now. I'm picking, hmm, I'm going to pick Indianapolis to win this game. On the road, I think they're the better all-around team. I think Phillip Rivers is a more safe and conservative quarterback than Nick Foles, and uh, Nick Foles will be forced to throw a couple of bad interceptions and what will be a horizontal downfield offense. Yeah, I'm picking the Colts. All right, Bengals-Jaguars. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati to win their first game of the year. Uh, Jacksonville's defense is appallingly bad. Uh, they don't have a, a very good pass rush, and Cincinnati has the worst offensive line in football, so that's an upgrade for the Bengals. Don't have to face a top-notch, top-notch pass rush. And I think Joe Burrow, I mean, this will be an entertaining game, but I'll take Joe Burrow over Gardner Minshew any day of the week. Joe Burrow has impressed me, especially these last two weeks. Five touchdowns, no picks, has averaged over 300 yards a game, and he's looking accurate, and he nearly beat the Eagles last week. I like Cincinnati in this one. Okay, Browns and Cowboys. This is a tough one, all right, because both teams, Cleveland is a top-five rushing team in the NFL, and the Cowboys are a top-five passing team in the NFL. The top-four rushing teams in the NFL all have winning records, okay? The top-five passing teams in the NFL all have losing records. What does that tell you? It tells you that if you run the ball and control the clock and control the game flow better like Cleveland does, you have a better chance at winning. If this game turns into a shootout, I like Dallas. But if this game is you know, relatively low scoring and controlled, I like the Browns to win the game. Because I'll, I like the Browns more than I like the Cowboys this year. So, yeah, gut instinct, I'm, I'm taking Cleveland over Dallas, even though Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. All right, Saints and Lions. New Orleans, four-point road favorite over Detroit. Lions and Saints are both one and two on the season, but I do like the Saints better than the Lions. I think the Lions just needed a breather last week. Okay, they've lost so many games in a row. They've been ridiculed by everybody. They had a heartbreaking week one loss. A week three win over Arizona was sort of triumphant. Oh, but then they return home to face, in my opinion, one of the more talented teams in football. Uh, Drew Brees has had a rough go at the beginning of the season. He's not throwing the ball downfield. He's not as accurate. I think they figure out a way in week four to get it together against a bad Detroit team. I like the Saints. All right, Seahawks, Dolphins. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle. They're they're a a six-and-a-half-point road favorite. The the home team automatically gets three points. So, really, Seattle's a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over struggling Miami. Russell Wilson's the best football player on the planet. He's my early MVP choice. Uh, I think he goes for at least four or five more touchdowns against Miami. This is going to be an ugly, ugly game that the Seahawks will win, and they'll be 4-0 despite having one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Washington, Baltimore. This is another one that will get ugly. This is the biggest line of the week. Baltimore, a 14-point road favorite over the Washington football team. Look, Baltimore is angry after getting embarrassed on Monday Night Football at home against Kansas City. That's sort of the team they can't beat. Lamar Jackson is great when he's playing with a lead, and he'll have a lead for the majority of this game. Washington has no offense whatsoever, and uh, they'll be missing two of their best pass rushers, Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis. I like Baltimore to blow out Washington. All right, uh, Chargers, Bucks. This is a toss-up, okay? I think the Chargers are better than we give them credit for, and I think they'll be the best team that Tampa Bay has played in weeks. Tom, I think they have the best corners in the NFL, and Tom Brady has struggled against good coverage so far this season. Um, 
He's thrown three interceptions in his first two games. He got a break playing against the Broncos last week who haven't picked off a pass in what feels like forever. Um, they Look, I like Tampa in this game slightly more than I like the Chargers, but Justin Herbert thrown for at least 300 yards and a touchdown in each of his first two NFL starts. I think the kid can play, and I think this will be a competitive game. It's a toss-up, but I, I'll probably just take the Bucks plus uh, minus seven at home. All right, Cardinals-Panthers. This is uh, going to be another blowout, in my opinion. I think the Cardinals blow out the Panthers. They're better. Car- Carolina's in a rebuilding phase. They need a new quarterback, and Teddy Bridgewater is one of the worst starters in the league. Kyler Murray, you know, this has been interesting. I did not realize this before this morning when I was looking over my notes. Kyler Murray has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns this season. He threw three picks against the Lions last year, and that's last week, and that's the Lions. He's thrown at least an interception in every week. He has yet to throw for 300 yards. I don't think Kyler Murray is exactly the superstar quarterback that we think he is. Um, because, look, he has an 80 passer rating on the season. That's actually one of the worst in the NFL. Now, he's running the ball really well. He has a touchdown run in all three games. He has four total through four through three games. So I think Kyler Murray running the football is a little bit better than Kyler Murray throwing the football. Uh, everyone talks about how accurate he is. 66.4 completion percentage. Yeah, that's good, but it's not in the top 10 in the NFL. Uh, nothing's too special about the 23-year-old yet. I do like Arizona in this game uh, to go 3-1, and one, but you know, at the same time, the Cardinals are not really as good as I think we are, and they'll be 3-1, and one, but I think they'll be one of the worst 3-1 and one teams in the NFL. I think they're ob- oddly still rebuilding. All right, rounding out the 1 o'clock game, Texans and Vikings. Look, I like Houston. You know, these are two 0-3 teams. They'll both play desperate. I like Houston's quarterback more than Minnesota's. I'll take Deshaun Watson over Kirk Cousins. But these are two bad football teams. I think these are two teams that will not make the playoffs this year, despite making the playoffs. Last year, I like Deshaun Watson. I don't like his coaching staff. uh, And I really don't like their defense and running game. And their offensive line is brutal. Deshaun Watson, all they've really given him in Houston are a few really great wide receivers, but they took DeAndre Hopkins away from him. In Minnesota, they lost a ton of starters on defense, and Stephon Diggs is out, and that offense has not recovered since, even though Justin Jefferson looks really good. I like the Texans to win that game. All right, we're going to 4.05. Let's do Giants and Rams. This is an easy one. Rams 13.5-point home favorites over the bafflingly bad New York Giants. Look, Daniel Jones has thrown two touchdowns and four interceptions through the first three games of the season. They're 0-3, and Daniel Jones is 3-12 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, It's, look, Daniel Jones has not been given a lot. Saquon Barkley is his best football player on on offense, and he just went down with a torn ACL after just two, or after a game and a half. So Daniel Jones has no real running game, and his receiving core is average at best, and Daniel Jones is average at best, so... The Rams are one of the more efficient offenses in the league, one of the best coached offenses in the league with Sean McVay and Jared Goff has been one of the more efficient quarterbacks. Pro Football Focus has put him as the third third highest graded quarterback in the league this year. I'd, behind Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers. Did not see that coming, but Jared Goff has looked really good. I do like the Rams to blow out. The Giants. Okay, Bills and Raiders. I like Buffalo. Raiders will lose two in a row. Buffalo's a three-and-a-half-point road favorite over Las Vegas. Look, I like Buffalo. I like Josh Allen. I think he's playing like a top-five quarterback right now. 
Buffalo's defense concerns me. Okay, they have not played as well as I think a lot of people are giving them credit for. A lot of people are calling them, oh, they're top five defense. They're 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 a shutdown defense. All these things. And not very well maybe true. But opposing quarterbacks, say what you want. Opposing quarterbacks have a 96 passer rating against the Bills this season. And Jared Goff nearly led a 25-point comeback win over this team on the road last week. You know, I don't like the way I've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jared Goff light him up. They got a week one break facing Sam Darnold in that pitiful offense. But the last two weeks, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jared Goff have had their way with Buffalo's defense. They're still 3-0 because of their offense, and I like them to beat the Raiders. All right, Patriots-Chiefs. It's going to be a close one. This is an underrated good game, but I do like Kansas City because I think they're the best team in the league, and I'm going to take them at home over Cam Newton and New England. Uh, New England runs the ball well, especially with their quarterback. That's really good, and they have some great corners. Uh, and edge rushers. Okay, I like the Patriots defense. I think they're obviously one of the best coach teams in all of the NFL with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Um, I I, I struggle with their receivers outside of an elderly 34-year-old Julian Edelman. I just don't think they have any talent at wide receiver or tight end, and I think their offensive line is middle of the pack. Um, Kansas City doesn't have a real weakness to me. I think defensively they have stiffened up. They shut down. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore last week, under 100 yards passing, and now they get a worse quarterback in Cam Newton. You know, they have one less day of rest than New England does, but I still just, I just like Kansas City. I don't, I can't pick against them this season. Okay, uh, Eagles 49ers on Sunday Night Football. I like Philadelphia in this game. Uh, they are seven-point underdogs as 49ers. They're giving the Niners a touchdown at home uh, with a backup quarterback. I think people are giving way too much disrespect to the Eagles this season. I know they're bad. They're 0-2-1. They're half game out of first place in the NFCs. And if they play their cards right, they could be tied for the division lead at the end of the week at 1-2-1. It's not ideal. It's not pretty. It's not really that good. But I like the Eagles better. I like the, I think the 49ers have lost way too many pieces, and they got to play the Jets last week. Um, yeah, look, uh, it's, it's not very pretty. It's not going to be a pretty game. Uh, excuse me, the 49ers played against the Giants last week. Still a bad team. The last two weeks, with the backup quarterback, they've mostly had uh, just horrible competition. This is the best team they'll face in weeks. I just I think they'll catch San Francisco off guard and win this game on Sunday night, and I like Philadelphia to win the NFC East. And I think this will be a first step uh, towards sort of becoming relevant again. So that's my prediction for the Sunday games. Now the Monday night game. Okay, this is an intriguing one. Atlanta and Green Bay, 0-3 versus 3-0. Packers will blow out the Falcons, their favorite, by 7. I think that Atlanta is underrated offensively. They have one of the best scoring offenses in the league, but gets masked by, in my opinion, one of the worst you know, time defenses I've ever seen in my life. They've blown 16-plus point comebacks the last two weeks. That's not good. They won't have a chance to blow that against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because they're one of the best teams in the league. Okay, so to recap before we let you go, my teams to win this week, Colts, Bengals, Browns, Saints, Seahawks, Buccaneers, Baltimore, Arizona, Houston, the Rams, Kansas City, Buffalo, Philadelphia, and Green Bay will all win this week. All right, that is enough for me on a Friday. Uh, Get you out of here in under 35 minutes. Uh, Thank you for listening to us today. Hope you enjoy your weekend and week four of the NFL season and games two and three of the NBA Finals. A lot 
is going on in the world. The vice presidential debate next week. President Trump and the first lady, Melania Trump, test positive for COVID-19. That's the big storyline. We'll see how that affects future uh, political debates uh, between him and former Vice President Joe Biden. Um, We will see you all on Monday to recap a crazy week four of the NFL season. Hope you have a great weekend. I'm your host, Jacob Valliere, and thank you for listening to today's episode of The Jadab Show. Take care.